Will Utah football look like a Pac-12 contender against Cal football? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown Utes is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Lockdown. You can make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown to get started. My name is JT Wister, so former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, I am joined by Spencer McLaughlin, the host of Locked On Pac-12, to talk about Utah's upcoming game against Cal. And when focusing in on this game, Spencer, I feel like this is a game Utah should win, chiefly because they're at home and with how good their defense is playing. I do think this could be a game where the offense should show signs of getting back on track. I don't think we're going to exit this game and be like, the Utah offense is saved, and now all of a sudden they're going to be able to survive the gauntlet. There is only one way for the Utah offense to ever be described as saved, and that is number seven under center. I know, and that's and that does unfortunately at the time we are recording this on a Wednesday night does not look very likely. So Cal's gotten beat up a little bit against Washington and Oregon State, the two best teams they've played so far. How do you think they will fare against Utah? I, I think they'll win, or I think Utah will win the football game, just to make that clear. Um, I, I, I don't think this is an easy one for Utah no. if Nate Johnson and Bryson Barnes are back there. And, and I don't think Bryson's going to play. Uh, his chest injury he sustained versus Oregon State was pretty Yeah, bad, so I, I, I look at what Cal brings to the table, and there is an element of the unknown at the quarterback position. <laughs> is it going to be Fernando Mendoza again? Nobody saw that coming against Oregon State. Guess what? He played well. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be Sam Jackson? Is it going to be Ben Finley? I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Justin Wilcox knows. I don't know if offensive coordinator Jake Spavadol knows. What, what, what I do know is that the key for Utah defensively is being able to stop the run. If you stop Cal's ability to run the football, they're going to struggle offensively. If you don't stop the run... They can, they, they can be kind of good. They've got some good weapons. Jaden Ott is good. Isaiah Fonse is really good. Jeremiah Hunter is a beast. So they've got weapons that if you get allow them to get the ball in space, they're going to burn you. I think the question here is what does Utah's offense have against this Cal defense, which at their worst has looked horrific against mm-hmm. Oregon State and Washington. Those games were both uh, on the road. Or no, sorry, the Oregon State game was at home. Mm-hmm. Washington game was on the road. But at its best, has also held an SEC team in Auburn, not a great one, but a respectable one perhaps, yeah. to 14 points, seven of which came late in the game. So I think that Utah's offense right now is a lot closer to that Auburn team mm-hmm. than they are to Oregon State or Washington right now in a in a big way because of what you have at the quarterback position. So – I think that's kind of the question here. I, I lean towards Cal being the side plus 13 and a half. Mm-hmm. But I, I also, you know, say that knowing that 
I don't know about Cal's offense. It's either been really, really good or really, really bad. Like against Oregon State, their offense was awesome. Against an Oregon State defense that Utah, with their backup quarterback situation, couldn't do anything against. Mm -hmm. Cal put up a 40-piece. A 40-piece. Justin Wilcox teams don't usually put up 40 points. They've done so twice this year. And I, I think when you look at what they've got offensively, it can be enough. I, I just got done before I came on here to, to record with you recording Locked On Pack 12 and I was talking about the range of outcomes that I see for every game this weekend. And I see a world, not a likely one, not one I am predicting, but there is a world in which Utah can lose this football game. Mm-hmm. That is 100% possible. Now, there may be a 3-4% probability of that happening, but it is not like a game against, say, uh, you know, what's a good I mean, like Weber State, not going to lose that game. If you play Arizona State, not going to lose that football game, right? Like you, you can look at those teams and say, okay, yeah, you're not going to win. Cal is a bottom tier Pac-12 team, but they are not like they, they are a notch above Arizona State and uh, and Stanford. And they've already beaten Arizona State. I think they'll beat Stanford later in the year. They will end up being a five or six win football team that if Utah is not ready for, can be on upset alert because of the quarterback situation. If Cam mm-hmm. Rising was here, this would be a 17 and a half point line and the Utes would have would be in no danger of losing. But their offense has been so bad, I just can't sit here and say there's I, there, there's no world that they in which they lose. Yeah, I think you're right, especially if the offense looks as bad, even if we go back to the last time Utah was at home against UCLA when they only registered one offensive touchdown. Let's say Utah has a similar performance against Cal, plus maybe you factor in Nate Johnson is the one who throws the pick six. I don't think Nate Johnson will do that. I think Utah is going to be very smart and have him take care of the ball, but that could definitely happen. When you have an offense that looked as bad as it did against Oregon State, I, I think a loss could be on the table, even as and as weird it would seem that you know this Utah team, we said a lot, hasn't lost a true home game since 2018. Cal being the team to break that streak would be surprising, but you definitely can't rule it out with the level the offense has played at. And even just in general, kind of the, there's not, the momentum is not the greatest around Utah football with the whole cam rising thing hanging over their heads right now. The various other injuries this roster has suffered uh, just throughout the season. There's a lot of stuff Utah's going through, but uh, Spencer, do you want to talk about Cal a little bit more? Cause I know you were someone who was very high on Cal going into the season. And how do you feel about them after you've seen them a couple of these games? Are you still high on them? I mean, they're roughly the team that I expected them to be. So, yeah. so through six games, I predicted them at this point in time to be four and two, and and they're currently three and three. Mm-hmm. So they're not that far off. Now, yeah. I was bullish on Cal. Correct. I, I've jokingly called them my California Golden Bears <laughs> on the podcast and whatnot because I was hyping them up this off season. I was hyping them up compared to their win total, which was originally yeah. four and a half. And all spring, I said, hammer the over, hammer, I'm, I'm taking that over every day of the week. And they're sitting here at three and three through six games. And eventually that line moved up to five and a half because I think Vegas saw what I saw, which is that team is capable of being all right. Not mm-hmm. great, but all right. It comes down to the quarterback position at the end of the day for them right now, because mm-hmm. When they're not able to throw, their offensive line isn't good enough to just line up and run. Okay, so like Oregon State or Utah, for instance, they have the ability when you're not facing UCLA. And Oregon State, UCLA, by the way, great football game uh, this weekend. Mm -hmm. But 
you don't have the ability with Cal's offensive line. It's better than last year, but it's still not very good. You can't just line up and run the ball. They have to be balanced. They have to be able to present the threat of throwing to open up the run game and vice versa. They don't have the quarterback talent to drop back and throw it 40 to 45 times like Washington with Michael Penix, Washington State with Cam Ward, uh, or Colorado with Shador Sanders. Okay, they, they, they can't do that. What they can do is if they're able to find balance, they can be productive. 40 on Oregon State was really impressive. 58 on the road against North Texas, which is an American conference team. Sure. Mm -hmm. How many other Pac-12 teams have put up 50 or more against a G5 opponent on the road? I saw Washington State do it against Colorado State. Not on the no. road. No, like nobody else. Not, nobody else yeah. that I know of did that you, on the road. I mean, road. you know, other teams could do it though, like a USC and some of these other. Yeah, teams. I mean, if they played a if they played a bad G five, sure. Yeah. But I'm I'm just saying, like, the the potential for this offense is so much greater than what the than what it was a season ago and what it has been That's in true. years past. That's mm -hmm. the point that I am making. This is not a team that is incapable of scoring points. They have to you know, really be playing at a high level. Like Washington on a bad day can put up 34 points. Okay, Cal on a bad day, like they had against Auburn, puts up 10. Yeah. Okay, that, that, that's what a bad day looks like, right? They have different ranges there. But at their best, Cal is capable of being a, a sufficient offense to win this football game and a lot of football games in the conference this year. I agree, and the reason I asked you that anyways was to let you talk about this Cal team because one, what are their losses? Like we said, they're to Auburn, they're to Oregon State, they're to Washington. That Auburn team, you mentioned them being decent. They gave Georgia a game. Like that's mm -hmm. what we're talking about for how good that team was. So I, I don't, th I don't think this Cal team is bad. If this game was at Cal, I'd actually be a really concerned for Utah. I just know when teams come to Salt Lake, well, there's not much of an environment in Berkeley yeah, to be fair. Yeah, they just tend to you, when teams travel out to Salt Lake, they do not execute as well as they normally do. They have trouble dealing with the crowd noise we've seen time and time again so it is a legitimate factor that you have to factor in when talking about this game so we're going to be talking about the key matchups that are going to factor into this game in one moment but first i want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. you can snap into action this nfl season with FanDuel, america's number one sports book right now new customers get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet that's 200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including the spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Spencer, I thought the line was still at 10. Did you say it moved to 13? 13 and a half. Is it 13 and a half for Utah? When did you, wait, 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 wait. When did you see it at 10? I thought, I thought it was 10 earlier this week. I never no. saw ten. Hold on, let me let me let me check. Going to I mean, you are the Pac-12 Prime Picks guy. So go, yeah, going to our friends at, at at FanDuel here to check out this line. I would be, I I would I would be more than a little Did shocked if this game were. I thought around Utah 10. opened. As, I no, in fact, I'm. Whoa, open. whoa, that's a massive Utah, discrepancy. Utah opened at a ten point favorite. I'm pretty sure it is ten and a half. So. I don't know how many people not, out there listening or watching. I'm correct on my own show, by the way. I was kind of, I was hoping I could at least do that. One. <laughs> so here's, so here's the that. thing. Here's the thing. On the ESPN app, which goes through the Caesars Sportsbook, mm -hmm. it's 13 and a half. Ooh, and on FanDuel, it is 10 and a half. And, and that, is, that, is a, that is a massive difference. I don't know how many people out there like pay attention to gambling or 
you know, care about or all that sort of stuff. But um, let's see, the line so has come down has come down to Utah minus twelve. Mm-hmm. So I think what's happened is since I last looked at the lines, money has come in on Cal, and I think that is the correct side to be on. Mm-hmm. Ten and a half makes me think. Mm, getting a field goal less than I thought. Yeah, I got to think about that for the prime picks. But uh, having it in that sort of range and this game being on the road should tell you that Vegas doesn't think there is a hugely wide discrepancy between the caliber of these two teams at positions like corner or receiver mm-hmm. or offensive line in the trenches uh, as well. So Cal's got some playmakers, like I said, and, and I think there are a number of fun matchups to watch in the, in this football game, but that that line being around ten tells you there's a world in in which Utah, if they do not play the way they're capable, mm-hmm. in which they walk away losing this football game. And that's what we're going to talk about now. What Utah needs to do to prevent that from happening, to go in and get a win. What are the key matchups? And I thought you hit the nail on the head earlier when talking about anytime you're playing a team that really doesn't know what's going on at quarterback. Cal's going to be trying to do the same thing against Utah right now with the way Nate Johnson has looked against Oregon State most recently. You want to stop the run. And I think that's what Utah is going to do. And I think they'll be able to do that. So it really is the key for Utah to put this Cal team in third and longs. So no matter who it is at quarterback, I still, I probably, I think it's going to be Mendoza based on what he showed against Oregon State still. But like you said, it's hard to, hard to tell for sure. So I think defensively for Utah, the key is to stop the run. And this is an elite defensive line for Utah. They have a player who last I checked was still, he might have, he did have the bye week. So I'm not sure where Jonah Ellis sits on sack leaders right now, but still pretty high up there, I know. Uh, defensive lineman wise you're dealing with an elite defensive tackle rotation linebackers and always a safety who comes down in the box that's an elite tackler whether it's Baki or Bishop I think this Utah defense should not allow this Utah defense has held Florida out of the end zone they haven't allowed him in to score two touchdowns so allowed multiple touchdowns in that game and then as well as against UCLA I don't think the Utah defense is going to allow two touchdowns at home against Cal yeah I it comes down to stopping the run so I was trying to find the stat just now because I've seen it out there before. But in the last two seasons, since Jade Knott got on campus in uh, in Berkeley, Cal is a, a good football team when he runs for over 100 yards or has over 100 or 150 yards of total offense. When he gets going, when he doesn't get going, the offense is really, really tough to watch, frankly. like yeah. It can be a tough watch. Now, maybe Mendoza is a solution for them at the quarterback position. But no matter who it is, Mendoza, who doesn't have a lot of experience, Sam Jackson, who's inconsistent and inexperienced, or Ben Finley, who's just, you know, really not all that good and, you know, doesn't bring anything to the table from a mobility standpoint. All of those quarterbacks, I can see struggling mightily against this Utah defense. And I think Whittingham and Scally will have plenty of game plan available to them and plenty of options available to them for how to disrupt the offense. But if they're not able to stop the run, you're going to see Cal run the football as much as possible. That is how they succeed offensively. It all starts with number one. I almost said number six because that was his number last year. But number one, Jay Knott is the guy. Don't sleep on the backup Isaiah Fonse who transferred in from Montana State. He is a really tough-to-tackle physical runner. But if they get the ground game going, they can have a good offense. Their offensive coordinator, Jake Spavadol, I think he's pretty darn good. 
I, I think he is pretty darn good. And if he has a ground game to work with, then he can offset an average at best offensive line by keeping the defense unbalanced on, on the other side of the ball. And, and Cal's defense is usually good enough to keep them around in football games. They weren't against Oregon State, but Oregon State's offense is a lot better than what Utah's is right now with Nate Johnson at the helm. Well, first, shout out Big Sky, of course. Have to get yes, that shout out the Big and, Sky. <laughs> and then shifting over to the other side of the ball. You By the way, of- can you name the other former Big Sky running back currently starting in the Pac-12? Oh, he's no, he's on Arizona State. It's, yeah, do you know his uh, name? Path. Isn't it? Didn't he come from Sac State? Yes, he did. Yes, there we go. But what's his name? I don't know his name, but oh, uh, Cameron <laughs> Scadaboo. Come on now. Come on now, JT. Don't be res- disrespecting my guy Scadaboo like that. Awesome football I, I got, name. I got, it, that is a fantastic name. I, yeah. I was happy I got the score right, especially in case anyone's watching this that I, I may know from that conference. But anyway, um, shifting now to. Don't think uh, I wasn't thinking about that when I brought yeah, up that question. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> uh, shifting to the Utah offense, you brought it up. This Cal defense is really good. So I. I well, they can be good. They, or they can be good. They, they can, can be. Right. You're kid, right. That's what I meant to say. Thank you for correcting me since they have a lot of 50 points to the best offenses they play. But Utah is not anywhere near what Oregon State offensively showed or especially what, I mean, Washington, the, the Huskies got a, they got a team. Yeah. Uh, they got plus, a team. plus in that game, there were 14 points not allowed by the Cal defense. There was a pick six and a punt return for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Can you know, I, I really, really quick, this is so off topic. Why in the world did Oregon State try to on to try that onside kick? Do you know the one I'm talking about against Cal? I actually did not see the they onside, had an kick. onside I was, kick. Early in that game. That was in, it, it, it was insane. They gave Cal a short. Jonathan field Smith kick. rolls the dice sometimes. I don't mind. Yeah. I don't he mind does. it. I mean, it worked, it, it worked, it's worked out well for him many times before. But anyways, I think the key for Utah offensively in this game is if and more than likely when Nate Johnson is starting a quarterback, you have to let Nate be Nate. Against Oregon State. The first designed run for Nate Johnson was not called until the third quarter when Nate had been pulled from the game. They put Bryson in the game, and then after Bryson got hurt, then it's like, all right, fine, I guess we'll let Nate run the ball. No, 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 no. We were all excited to see Nate Johnson this season because of the ability he showed as a quarterback to run last year. We thought the throwing could come along, but it was always the dual threat capabilities that got us excited. So if they just have Nate Johnson be a backup, uh, drop back quarterback, excuse me, that's what gets me concerned. Let Nate run. I know he's fumbled a little bit, and I know Kyle is not is going to be a little nervous about that, but it's Utah's best offensive attack. Scared money don't make money, so Utah needs to be aggressive. Got to get Nate on the move, throwing a little bit too. Utah is going to try to establish the run, of course. Cal knows that. The box is going to be packed. It's going to be like a college frat party on a Saturday night. So Utah needs to get Nate Johnson on the move, throwing a little bit. And if I think if they let Nate be Nate, I think Utah will score 20 points in this game. Now, one of those touchdowns is probably coming off a short field spotted by the defense off a turnover. But I do think the Utah offense at least gets back on track a little bit, showing the signs of life we saw them show at times this season. But I don't think this is going to be a game where Utah scores over 30. So here's an interesting matchup for, for Utah fans to watch. Nate Johnson who wears number 13, right? Yes. Against number eight on the Cal defense, that's Jackson Sermon, who is their best defensive player. I'm curious to watch this in three facets of the game. Number one, how often is Jackson Sermon the quarterback spy Mm -hmm. on Nate Johnson, who has a propensity to, you know, be a one read and go kind of quarterback. Mm -hmm. Make one read. If it's not there, I'm going to take off and run. Okay, that's the first thing. Second thing, how often can Jackson Sermon get pressure while blitzing? Because that's something he's capable of doing. And, and Cal has struggled with. Right? And Cal has struggled, or and Cal has 
uh, certainly never been shy about sending him up the middle with Peter Sermon, his dad, as a defense coordinator. And number three, in the run game. You mentioned, and Utah fans know full well, Nate Johnson's strongest quality is his ability to move. And I expect them to reintroduce the run game with him as a focal point of it. And I wonder if the adjustment for Cal defensively isn't to have Jackson Sermon, not just in the pass game, but in the run game, follow Nate Johnson around or have him be very aware of Johnson's propensity to pull the football on a read option and chase him down to the edge. Because Utah will try to create explosive running plays utilizing that read option game, which puts a defender in conflict, creates more space, and everyone, I think, understands the metrics of a read option by now. But what does Jackson Sermon do? How involved is he able to be defensively? And I think this Cal secondary is a pretty solid tackling unit as well, so I'd look for that. But number eight defensively is the number one guy for the Bears, and that's who Utah has got to have their eyes on and has to find a way to neutralize because – if Nate Johnson is, you know, trying to beat Jackson Sermon all the time on the edge, I think that's advantage bears. I, I think you very well could be right. So that's where it's going to be very interesting to see is how does Nate Johnson and does this offense that's had two weeks now to come up with a better way to be more effective, knowing what's ahead on the schedule after Cal, the gauntlet you're in for, you have to be executing stronger offensive. Yeah, isn't it USC so, next week? It's it's at USC. Home against Oregon. Oregon, yeah. Uh, host Arizona State and then go to Washington. That's the uh, four-week stretch after Cal. Yeah, yeah unless unless the bad moon rises, uh, Utah Utah could be in some trouble. Let's yeah, that, that could be a... With how uh, those teams have looked. <laughs> it could be two and three for the next five weeks if Cam doesn't return. Yeah, it, it, very, it very well could be. And, and two and it, three could be the best case scenario. It very well could be. Yeah, it very well could be even worse than that potentially. So uh, we'll we'll see what Utah is able to do in this stretch. But now it's time to predict just what Utah will do against Cal. We are going to be talking about if Utah will be able to get the win in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You guys can just go over and add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post a job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. All caps, no spaces to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, time to predict this game. I'm feeling a Utah win. It's because of the level that Utah defense is still executing at. Utah's defense played very well against Oregon State. Oregon State is a top 20 team to me in college football, even if they suffer some losses the rest of the way. To me, that's more so because of how daunting it is just to play in the Pac-12 right now with the loaded conference it is. So to hold the team in their own building to under 25 points like they did, to 21 points to be exact, that's where I think this Utah defense is playing at a really good level. And I think they're going to execute against Cal. They've been off. They've been able to rest. They're going to be fired up and ready to go. And Utah will get a win off a strong defensive performance. I think Utah will force at least two defensive turnovers at home. Hopefully a couple of the guys that Utah has had injured come back in this game. I think the Utah offense shows a little bit of life here. I think Nate Johnson makes an impact with his legs and a couple of big throws. And Utah gets the win. I'm going to go Utah 24, Cal 10. 
I think this is a game that, once again, the Utah defense has to carry them to a win. I, I think it is possible for him to lose. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I just don't trust what Cal is doing at the quarterback position. Doesn't mean they shouldn't be doing it, you know, trying to explore those options, but I don't think they have enough there. And does Utah have a great quarterback situation themselves? No. So then it comes down to, well, which defense do I like more? Answer, Utah. Absolutely, especially at home. I don't think this is a, a high-scoring game. And I think that Cal, you know, can have some success here and there. I'll, I'll, I'll go Utah 20, but Cal covers and, uh, and ends the game with 13 points, a touchdown and two field goals. I like it. I was, I, when you were talking about what a defensive matchup it might be, I might, I was waiting for you to go like a nine, three kind of game just to kick or showcase. Like. I don't, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be shocked. I would, there's no world it. in which I'd be shocked if this game ended like 13 to six. Yes. I, I could absolutely see that too. I mean, that's in so many ways. It was what the UCLA game was outside of the pick six to begin the game. And even the long touchdown drive, they went on late in that game. That was a little bit of a fluky play. So even that one was more attuned to that one too. But outside of Utah's game this Saturday, Spencer, you already highlighted earlier talking about the UCLA matchup this week. Also got a great matchup on hand between Washington and Oregon. What are you watching for on the PAC 12 this week? And where should people check out if they want more PAC 12 action? Yeah. Locked on PAC 12. Monday through Friday and reaction episodes on Saturday as well on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening to or watching this show right now. Uh, I, I mean, the college football playoff and Pac-12 title implications are on the line in addition to it being a big rivalry in Seattle this week. Uh, I hope for college game day, Washington State fans show up and just boo Pat McAfee every time he opens his mouth because that's what he deserves. I and I, I think that, you know, the next best game is UCLA, Oregon State. That That is a that is going to be a physical, physical football game in Corvallis. I like the Beavs to win and cover the three and a half, four points, depending on where you look. Um, I, I think that you know those two games both carry massive implications, more so in UCLA and Oregon State. Like the stakes are honestly higher. The loser of Oregon State and UCLA is not going to the Pac-12 championship game. Mm-hmm. UCLA has to play USC. I don't think they're winning that football game, and. So I baked that loss into the cake. They've already got one conference loss to Utah, of course, and you're not going to get in with three, right? You can have two losses and have a chance to get into the title game, but you can't have three. So if UCLA loses this game, they're at Oregon State, still has to play Washington and Oregon, not winning both of those games. So I think they'd be out. I think it's on the line. I think Oregon State gets it done. I I like the Beavs to win. Uh, I'll go mm, 24-17. I think Oregon State wins. I like it. I'm with you too. I actually I like this Oregon State team a lot. I just yeah, think Dante yeah, Moore, I think they're good. I think they're playing good football right now. Yeah, it's it. If the Pac-12 was staying together next year, I think that, and I just don't think it's going to work. Like first year for UCLA in the Big Ten, but I think that Chip Kelly team next year with Dante Moore in a sophomore season would have been a would have been really interesting to see. But as we said, we're focused on the present. Great time to be a Pac-12 fan, and a lot of great matchups on hand. And Spencer, we always appreciate you joining us. Yep, always. Thanks, JT. That's good to do it for today's edition of Locked on Utes, but we'll be back tomorrow predicting which Utah Utes football players are in for a big game against Cal. We'll see you then.